Your Story with Melinda Estabrooks, an exclusive presentation of Faith Strong Today. Listen for new episodes every Monday and subscribe to the podcast at faithstrongtoday.com. Our stories have the power to connect us, to inspire us, and give us courage. On Your Story with Melinda, your story matters. Well, welcome back to another great conversation on Your Story with Melinda. And I have got a treat for you because you're going to love her. You're going to love <laughs> my guest, Leanne Cabral, wife, mom, author, coach, and dynamic speaker. Here's her passion, which I think for a lot of you parents or parents-to-be, even grandparents, anybody with kids, you're going to want to hear what she has to say because Leanne's passion is equipping parents and helping them navigate the awesome privilege of passing Christian faith on to their children. I know some of you are like, ah, I need this. I need this. I've got teens, tweens, even young kids, and I need to do this well. How do I do this? Is it enough to just go to church? What do we do? So Leanne's going to help us kind of like unpack and dig deep into how do we as parents or mentors or even grandparents help navigate and share our faith in a very practical, authentic, true way to our kids so they don't leave the faith, which is our hope. So anyway, Leanne, welcome. Thank you. Thanks. And also, I'm really excited for you because you're an author of also a new book, A Parent's Best Gift, which we're going to definitely talk about a little later about what that is and what it's about and how people can get it. But let's talk about this. So you've got this passion. You speak about it. Yep. You write about it, about the importance of parents passing on this gift of Christian faith to their, their kids. Right. How did this come about? Tell me some of your background on to how you, you got into this sort of subject or topic and you're, that sure. you're so passionate about. It's an interesting story. Um, I have four kids of my own. Mm-hmm. Um, and with each kid that would kind of come home from the hospital, I just felt this overwhelming burden that just kept growing. Because wow. I knew I'd be held accountable for how I passed my faith on or how I lived out my faith before them. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to do it well. And though I understood the theory of passing faith on, I knew we need to do it. What I didn't know was, how do I do this? Right? How do I teach them how to pray? What the heck's a blessing? Scripture's full of it. Esau was weeping over not getting it. There has to be something significant to it. Mm. What is it? Mm -hmm. How do I teach them to hear God's voice? Um, It was all these pieces that I just desperately wanted to figure out. And I felt like I come from a legacy of faith. I grew up in the mission field. Um, My dad was a pastor. If anyone should have known how to do this, I should have known how to do this. Right. Um, But But, I couldn't figure this out. Right. I think that's the struggle, especially, you know— Christian parents or, or, you know, parents that have a faith, you know, it's sort of like you're trying your best in everything else to make sure that your your kid doesn't fall, hurt themselves, right. all these other very practical things, feed them, sure. clothe them, figure out how to discipline well. Yeah. And sometimes I think that passing on Christian faith, you're just like, mm, it's by osmosis or being with us or we go to church. But it sounds like that's not enough. Well, it's interesting. I remember when my oldest turned nine. And that was really eye-opening for me. Um, And as I'm getting her ready for her birthday party, it suddenly struck me, oh my gosh, she's already potentially spent half of her life with us because in nine more years, she could move out. Right. And I had spent nine years nursing and, you know, changing diapers and raising the other three and her as well. And I suddenly realized I have nine years to get out of the survival mode and to start doing some things on purpose. So it's it's on purpose. It's an intentionality on this. Like you can't just think that they're going to get it by just... Hanging out with you. Well, and they may, actually. Some of them may, Because some of them actually may. But as it pertains to our kids walking with the Lord, it's a three-part equation, right? Mm -hmm. So the Lord has promised to pursue them. Mm -hmm. They have free choice just like you and I do. 
And then there's my faithfulness. So how do I live my life before them in such a way that they know who Jesus is? Yeah. That's the one piece I have a little bit of control over. And, and our house, Tierney the Urgent, was the one who was reigning, right? So we had one simple goal when we first started doing this. We wanted to spend one hour of quality time with one child a week. It is not a lofty goal. Yeah. Do you know that we couldn't do it for a full year? Seriously? Because the Tierney the Urgent always took over. I get it. There's always things that are urgent, always things that are important, always things that are happening, little crises yep. along the way, right? Yeah. Let, yeah. Let's talk about that. Let's, there's three parts. I want to kind of unpack that a bit because sure. those are really key. So you said the pursuit. What was that one about? You said God's pursuit of us. God has promised to pursue them. Okay. Right. So let's talk about that because for some people it's like, really? Sure. So what do you mean by that? So God promises to pursue our kids. Well, God's not willing that any of us should perish. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. he says that. So, I mean, he's pursuing our kids. As much as we love our kids, he actually loves them more. You know what? I get that. Because yeah. I feel that, you know, growing up as a missionary kid and hearing about Bible verses yeah. and singing old Gaither. Uh, good yes. old Gaither songs. <laughs> and, and being part of, like, the Salty, the singing song book. <gasps> yes. Yes, yes. yes. At church, I, like, I was inundated and surrounded by that. But yeah. as I got older and I've, I've shared, you know, with, you know, uh, people who have joined po- our podcast before my podcast... I could never kind of go too far because I did feel the pursuit. Like, I always felt his presence yeah. or the Holy Spirit at me. Right. And I was like, ooh. So I would hear it in a club. I'd hear the voice or I would do something, but I could never go that far. It was a really interesting thing. Like, I would always stop. Yeah. Um, it wasn't a guilt thing. I felt no. this presence yeah. really. Per- like, And so I get that pursuit. Yeah. But you're saying that everybody, ha- I mean, as in the sense of God is pursuing all of us. Of course. That's exciting and of like, ooh, it gets, me, it gets me tingly. Well, it's comforting <laughs> too, right? Because yeah. the onus isn't all on me. Yeah, he pursues right? Like us. I have a responsibility, but they have free choice and the Lord has promised to pursue them. Okay, so that's a really great encouragement that yeah. God has promised to pursue your kids. Yeah. So there's that part. Then there's the second part you said. Uh, so pursuit, and then what was the second one you said? I'm trying to remember what I said. I know. Um, the, oh, the free choice. Oh, yeah, free, free choice. choice. Free, okay, that's a big one. Because right. that's the one you're like, as a parent, you're like, but no, yeah. I'm going to choose for them every single thing, and then they're going to do what I say and because I know the best way. Now, that's right. an interesting, because that's where you can see a bit of the tension sure. and expectation. So talk to us about that. So everybody has free choice. Everyone has free choice, right? Which is unnerving as a parent, because actually, I know what's best for you in this, and so does <laughs> the Lord, and I want yeah. you to choose this because it's good for you, but faith isn't grandfathered in. You've got to make this choice yourself. And the only way faith becomes a faith of your own is when you wrestle it through. And it's interesting because my kids are a little bit older now, right? So they're all kind of teens and young adults. And you kind of watch when they're little and you control everything, right? What you wear, what you eat, who your friends are, where you go. And as they become teens, you just kind of let the rope go slack because they've got to make these decisions for themselves now. How do you do that? How do you? Because I've seen way too many parents, like they're still, you know, sort of the, what is it, the... Um, not parachute parents or, or like helicopter helicopter yeah. parents and just constantly in their lives and making yeah. decisions and being there and like you know they're the ones who are actually going for the interviews for jobs for their kids like it, <laughs> crazy right right so how do you as a parent do that well step back. yeah step back um honestly it's messy it is messy I'm not sure that we've actually done it that well we've done our best yeah. but it's when you are that involved and you don't give them the freedom to make their own choices the relationship suffers, right? right yeah. So it becomes about chasing the heart instead of the behavior. Oh, that's right? good. So chasing the heart and not the behavior. Right? And because actually our kids need, need a safe place to fail. 
So if you're going to try all of these things, I want you to do it while there's a safety net of home as opposed to when you're out on your own and there is no safety net. So you can be equipped to know how and what you want to do when that safety net may not be there like it is today. So if you're thinking about fail, like, are we talking like if they say get drunk or they have wrong friends or they lie about you know, curfew or whatever, those kinds of things. Right. I mean, I know it may sound extreme, but yeah. those are, that's real life. Like that's the, real life. They kids just, are going to make their decisions. Yeah. They'll come home drunk. They yeah. sneak out. They lie. Catch them in a lie. They have the worst friends or they dress crazy. Right. This would be the place for you. And, but how do you, how do you as a parent, because so much of it is like you want to, honestly, I'll be honest. Like as I'm yeah. thinking through yeah. as I'm, you know, getting married and going to have, you know, Nathan and Sophie. Yeah. Um, already we have a relationship yeah. with that. There are moments I'm like, but I want you to wear this, and I want you to pursue this, and I want you, like, and there's that part of me, because it's like, that's the good thing. But they're yeah. their own people. Even at 9 yeah. and 12, yeah, they're already exerting their, like, an independence in a way, like, no, I, I want to wear this. I'm yeah. like, but that doesn't match. Uh-huh. Okay, Chris <laughs> is like, it's okay. I'm like, but, but it doesn't match. Right. And they're like, so then Chris has said, but that's not on them. That's you. Right. And I, I know. <laughs> Because it is, right? It is. Because we is. so often feel like our kids are a reflection of us, which actually, to a certain degree, they are, and they're not. Right? Yeah, that's big. That, that's I know, a little, like, I know, oh. I know. But you know what? I just kind of figured, too, people have to have enough grace for my kids. Just like we all have to have enough yeah. grace for each other. Like, these are kids that are trying to figure out who they are, where they belong, where's their place. And they're going to learn it probably through trial and error. Now, there are some kids that go through it smoothly. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. But most learn it through trial and error. And just like when you talked about the Holy Spirit calling you back. So if our kids have chosen him as children, my prayer every morning is Holy Spirit, well up within them. Make them feel great when they make good decisions. And when they don't, could you please make them feel unsettled? (laughs) Oh, yeah, that makes sense. So that they'll feel like, oh, yeah. That was wrong. That wasn't a good yeah. decision. Yeah, that that actually works as a gauge for them. That's good. I think this thing that you said that I think for a lot of parents, it's okay for them to fail. Yeah. Because you don't want them to. But I would say even personally, failure was the thing that helped me. Like, because I would never want to fail. I don't fail. Like, I work hard not sure. to be the perfectionist, a control freak. But failure? Yeah. But actually, when I look back on my life, some of the things were... I didn't get into the university I wanted to because I, I completely messed up my last year because mm. I was partying. <laughs> and I thought, hey, it's I'm Melinda. I'm just going to throw out my you know <laughs> applications, and of course I'm going to get in. Nobody accepted me. And I don't tell that publicly. I got accepted to zero universities because yeah. I was so bad. Huge failure. And there's a couple things throughout my life that I failed. But at that moment, I'm like, I just remember. And again, I think it's that pursuit of God. I was like, okay. I'm going to learn from this. Like, I messed up. Like, this right. is not a blame God thing. Like, I made yep. bad choices yep. where I didn't study. Right. Therefore, I didn't get to the universe I wanted to. It's yep. like not, I'm not going to say, oh, my goodness, right? Mm-hmm. Like, God, how dare you? But those moments really helped me because I'm like, I either take the failure and learn from it or I, I'm out. And right. those – but I think it's hard as a parent to see your kid fail. It's really hard to watch. Right. You know, even when you know that you learn way more from your failures than you do from your successes. Right. But it is hard to watch. But this is also part of letting them become who God has intended them to be. And the truth is, none of us build character in good time. We only Mm. build character. Roots only grow in adversity. Right. Like think of a tree. 
Like when the stronger the wind, the deeper the, the roots will grow. Yeah. And the same with our kids. Like it's actually through failures and through those experiences where their faith can then become a faith of their own and character is developed. And the other piece about that is too, when it comes to, I get it. I, I like controlling certain yeah. things. <laughs> um, but anyways, they need a choice of their own, but not everything. That's it. Not everything's yeah. worth fighting about. You've got to choose what issues are your absolutes. And what you can let slide. Because if everything's an absolute, you will be constantly bickering back and forth. That's and for me, it wasn't worth having a nagging relationship with them. There's certain absolutes, but other stuff I'll let slide. So I just have to let the mi- mix match clothes slide. You might, unless it's super important to you. I know. But really, at the end of the day, it's more me. Cause, and I realize that. Like, you know, when, when I say them, really? <laughs> like, what? Yeah. And, and, and it's, it's really good to have, like, a Chris who's just like, their expression of they yeah. are they don't really care about clothes like you do. Yeah. What? Wait, <laughs> wait, 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 wait. That's not possible. Because <laughs> people all want to look presentable. It's like, well, they are. It's just your expectation of how you want. I'm like, yeah. and there's been moments. Let's go into the third one. You said yeah. your faithfulness. So right. God pursues us. That's yes. encouraging. Yep. That is actually very encouraging for any for any parent. For all like, of us. Oh, okay. Second. Um, we talked about free will. Yeah. And so we have to, and those were great points. Like free will is, okay, choose your battles, choose them wisely. Know that, you know, I love that idea of if you're going to have them fail, fail within the safety net of home. So yeah. provide that safe yeah. place. And then third, you talked about our faithfulness. So yeah, as a parent, what? there's mm-hmm. our faithfulness. It's kind of a three-part equation as it pertains to our kids walking with the Lord. So it means like, how am I going to live out my life in such a way that my kids know who Jesus is? Right. Right? Yeah. And I have some control over that. Right? Mm-hmm. And the attitudes that I display, what the things I get involved in, because they are watching. Right? They need to know that a prophet of God, because we're all prophets of God, has been amongst them. Yeah, that's wow. Right? So that puts it on us. Like, yeah. we can't take that lightly, because if we just no. think that we don't have any responsibility to act accordingly, then when kids go, yeah, whatever. Like you say it, but you're not living it, or right. that does that doesn't seem like a priority. You say it, but it's not really a priority for you. Because yeah. again, it's not enough to just send your kids to church and go to church, and then it's like, and we'll go to church next Sunday. I mean, for some it could be, but yeah. throughout the week, though, if you're not living, living out, out the principles of these things that you're learning, I can see where there's a, there's an issue and a disconnect. Right, and that's kind of where the statistic comes into play, right? The statistic is that 80% of kids will walk away from faith at 18, and that a third will return in their in their early to mid-20s. But the reason why they left in the first place, one of the key reasons was because faith wasn't lived out in a tangible way in the home. Wow. So what we were talking about on Sunday just wasn't translating out into how we lived our lives Monday through Saturday. The other piece, there was another stat done in our study in the States, and they were talking about faith talk, right? So how many times do we talk about faith in the home um, that's not on a Sunday. And I think the stat for that one is there's 10% of faith talk within the home during the entire week, um, not including, uh, I believe it was not including prayer. So wow, we really okay. only spend 10% of our time, if that, talking about faith and things of God. That's right? not big. No. And I get that so that when they're launched yeah. and they're in university and they're on their own, right? So they're not living with mom and dad. And kids are on their own. The modeling and the imprint of what they they saw or experienced, right. you're saying that either they'll live that out or not. Like they'll either because if it's if it's something already that they know, yeah, then the statistics say then they would act that out or live that out when they're away. Well, because away. it's like that voice calling you back, right? Right. right. Like they know what they've seen. 
you know? Wow. So how do you as a parent, because that's big. It's Because it's kind of like... It's weighty. I'm already trying to, like, save up for the university, and I'm trying to, like, have a job to, to yeah. keep food on the table and clothes and soccer and... And, you know, like all these activities and tennis lessons or, or just to live. Like, I mean, yeah. parents all across the board. Right. So how, because for some parents who are listening, like, oh, it's just another added thing. But, but it's exactly. not really another added thing. It should be something that's that's actually the core and kind of focus and, and DNA of it all, right? Right. But it does feel like another thing to do. Yeah. Like, honestly, because you're already feeling overwhelmed. Because most of us do not feel like we're doing a fantastic job anyways. We're mm-hmm. doing our best, right? Right. But I think most of us a lot of times feel like, we're not doing this well. We're very quick to see what our own flaws are and what we're not sure. doing well. So I absolutely believe that parents desperately want to be the parents that God has called them to be. We just don't always know how. And actually, nobody's really telling us how. No one's actually saying, how do I teach my kids how to pray? No one's teaching us how to teach our children to hear God's voice. So there's an absence of information, but there's also, we're dealing with the tyranny of the urgent all the time. Yeah. Right? Like, we live such fast-paced lives. Yeah, it absolutely. is busy. So to try and fit this in, we are all well-intended. But just like I couldn't seem to spend one hour of quality time with my yeah. children, it happens. And it wasn't until I started putting it on the calendar and treated it like a doctor's appointment that it happened. So that was a big aha for me about how I was going to have to be really, really intentional. Because the truth is we have a thousand good things coming at us to get involved in. Mm-hmm. But we only have room for the great. So how do you weed out the great from the good? Because actually your great is going to be different than my great. Because we're different. And our values, though very similar, will fall in different order. So how do you do that? Like, how do you do that practically? Yeah. Because I think for a lot of people, like, yeah, I hear you, Leanne. That makes sense. But there are. There's so many things from church, from school, from just life. Yeah. So how do you do sit down with your partner, your spouse, or if you're a single mom, just sort of sit there. Like, how do you actually do that practically and say, yeah. these are our priorities and then these other things, if they happen, great. If not, they don't happen. Yeah. We actually created a family mission statement. Okay. There's a reason why organizations do it. It keeps yeah. them on task and it keeps them focused. So we kind of wrote out what our values were. Um, an easier way for me to figure it out was, what do I want other people to say about our family when they leave? Right? So let's bring it to a pride issue actually a little bit. Because what I want them to say is actually what I value most. Hmm. So how can I put that, you know, put those things in there? And that way, when good things come up, you can weigh them against your family mission statement and kind of go, huh, it's a good opportunity, but I'm not sure we actually have room for it. And you know what? That totally goes against, and I have to really be careful with this, is the whole YOLO. Like you only live once mentality. So I... I need, to, I need to do this for myself. Let's not talk even about it with the kids, Leanne. I need to do this for myself. Because it's like, there are so many great opportunities. And I like, I'm like, oh, all of them. Here's the thing. Get exhausted. Right. Burn myself out. Then I'm like out for a while. Yeah. Or there are moments where I've been to things. And I'm like, this doesn't really line up with the true value of what I love. Like, right. it's a great thing. And, and yeah, I'm supporting my friend. But sure. It's not, and I know it. Like, I'll be yeah. sitting there. I'm like, hmm. And not that I'm like, you know, instead I'll be on the couch watching HGTV. <laughs> like, I'm not saying Although not that. a bad decision. No, not a bad thing. <laughs> Joanne and Chip Gaines fixer upper. That's right. That's just my, <laughs> my little plug. I'm with you. <laughs> but I mean, I mean, I'm just saying it's like, it's not that. It's just that there's something deep in me where I'm like, mm, I could have been resting or maybe I'm reading a great book right. and this is good, but it's that, you know, what, what is your mission statement? Can you say that? Like, what, what, oh, what are sort of the values? 
yeah. of it, though. So let me just go by memory here because yeah. we actually, this sounds so corny, but we actually do speak it out once a week with the kids because awesome. you have to know what your mission statement yeah. is, which they all memorized. I still read it. So the Cabral family loves Jesus. We'll be real about our faith and live it out in truth. Wants to love unconditionally, forgive and nurture one another. Wants to share our home, our things, our money and our time. Wants our invisible faith to be visible through our words, actions and attitude. And there's one more, which I can't remember. Okay, but that's pretty good already. Oh, thank you. That's awesome. Do the kids all have that memorized? Yeah, they do. Wow. Yeah, it's a little bit corny, but it's kind of like if you don't know it's what you stand for. It's not corny. If you don't know what you stand for, like you have to kind of know That's what. That's good. And it's not that we necessarily do all this well. Yeah. It's what we want to be. But isn't right? that life, though? I mean, yeah. yeah, you can do things well, but I think having that where there's a focus, I find that so many people, families, don't have a focus. Like, it's yeah. sort of like your family that you just sort of like live. Right. But there's no like actual family focus, which is yeah. a funny thing because you're right. Like a corporation would have a... A mission statement, not for profit, yeah. a business would, sure. and it's focused. Whereas on family, I've never, that's actually, I've never thought that family should have a yeah. focus on what they're about. Yeah. Who are we when, I love that. Actually, that's a really good thought for listeners and viewers. It's like, what do we want to be known for? So individually, I can say, well, I want to be known for this. But I've never really thought the family unit should be known for this. So that right. when we leave somebody's home as a family, they go, that family represented love and sacrificial giving and kindness. Yeah. Right? Like I never that's that's a really good. Yeah, it was helpful for us to weed stuff yeah. out because we had to we actually said no to like some really great faith-based midweek programs because actually the one-on-one date nights were more important to us. Yeah. So, like church is in many ways is no different than the other organization. Like you can get yourself lost in there. There's hundreds of family activities, you know, men's ministry, children's ministry, like all kinds of things to get involved in, but you're going to have to decide what you have room for. I remember someone once saying to me like, let's just say like your time is a pie. Mm-hmm. It doesn't get any bigger. So yep. you can add more stuff to it, but it's going to take away from something else. So you have to decide what you're willing mm-hmm. to give up if you're going to let something else come into it. Yeah. Right? And that was really helpful for me to see. And my guys, by nature, are probably more introverted anyway. So I knew my kids don't do well in a fast-paced life. So I knew that we were going to have to intentionally do things a little bit slower. So, like, for instance, we never did soccer because slipping four kids to and from soccer practices yeah, was no. not going to go well. Yeah. Um, we also... Um, decided that we were going to have to live a life of simplicity. So keeping things actually, like my kids like downtime. So I book one thing a weekend, maybe, because they want to rest and they want to take, you know, and part of like rest is a spiritual discipline, right? So like how do we even incorporate those things into it? And the other thing I realized very quickly on is that we were going to have to live, we knew we'd have to live counter-cultural, but then we were going to have to live counter-church culture. Which was different. Ooh, okay. Talk to me about that. So what I mean by that is, so um, the church also offers so many great programs, and it'd be so easy to get lost in those programs. But actually, when we have so much variable time available, do I want them to spend it in a midweek program, which for some people's values they would, mm-hmm. but for us it was, no, actually, I want you to spend it with one-on-one time with me. Because that was more strategic to me. So even some of those things could be misinterpreted as not being supportive or not being a part of. But that's an expectation, even in church culture. I think that more and more as I hear from people, community friends, connecting, you know, even just here um, on the show, more and more people I'm saying is actually we have to, as a family or person, 
you know, really stand for our values. And yeah. some of that does go counter church. Yeah. Or, I mean, parents, churches, all expectations on us. I know. How we right. should be, what we should do, and, and then the guilt laid on and all those kinds of things. It's like, we got to get all past that because yeah. it's not healthy living. Even the, I mean, I love the church, and I say this. Oh, I love the church. But the church can also demand and take, you know, time from family, though they're saying it's about family, but they're actually taking time away from family because you're always yeah. – you come to the church and everybody goes to their different classes. And it's like, well, that wasn't really family. That was everybody off. Right. I think that's powerful because I don't think we give permission to ourselves to say, actually, we can choose in church yeah. what's healthy for our family because we're actually the parents. Yeah. We can choose in school or contacts or extracurricular yeah. activities what's good. Yeah. We can choose even for people who are working what work things we have to, we have to say no to right. to be with family. That's Because yeah. you're saying, again, it's choice. I mean, free will is we choose. But yeah. the hard part is people are like, yeah, but then we'll disappoint people or people will be upset. Right. It's like, well, if it's a value thing that we as a family have committed as a value, then we have to take the good, the bad, the ugly, and people upset with us, right? And you're keeping the long goal in mind, right? So, yeah. like, a lot of those um, great opportunities are kind of like the instant satisfaction, right? right. Which are good. Yeah, in their time and in their place. But if that is what I'm always doing, then I'm missing actually the long-term goal, which is kids who know who Jesus is. And that's going to require time and intentionality. Um, and so, like, even we go back to Hannah's ninth birthday, really up until that point, though we were doing things at home, it was the first time I kind of went, oh, wait, I got to do this on purpose. Yeah, I know. It's good. We just have a few minutes left. I just want to talk about you have a book. Yeah. Because you're sitting here with these phenomenal things like that have just really helped me. Mm. But I know you have a book that people must get to help them with these things, with values and how to really gift your kids with Christian faith and for the next generation. So talk to us a little bit about that, your website, so that we can get the resources yeah. that we want. Yeah. So the book is called A Parent's Best Gift. Okay. Um, and it really is a practical guide equipping parents to pass faith on to their kids. That's awesome. So it kind of walks through my own journey. It's kind of done in three parts, um, and it all is really about a gift. So the first part was my own obstacles in parenting and all of that and working through my own story. The next part is like once you've kind of worked through some of those things and then you're kind of at this place, okay, I, I know what's been healed and, you know, what the triggers and the obstacles are. Here I am. How do I get over there? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And there's just some things you need to figure out in order to get over there and yeah. to know how to plan that course. And the last half, the, actually, or the last third, the majority of the book really is very very practical, tangible, hands-on things. So how do I teach my kids how to pray? There's different prayer activities in there you can do as a family. My kids were really good at prayer manners. They could close their eyes and fold their hands, but they were playing Smackdown oh, yeah, all while the, we're oh, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? So like they talk about different ways. Like why do we always do prayer the same way? What if we did full body prayers? What if yeah. we did like whisper cool. prayers around the table? Like just even though they're in a form of game, it keeps their attention. Amazing. Right? So really practical things. Yeah, yeah. And same with blessing. Like, what is a blessing? Scripture's full of it. We don't understand what we're missing, actually, in North American culture because it's not part of our culture. Yeah. So that changed everything, actually, in our family when we began to understand the power of the words that are spoken because words have creative power, right? So the yeah. words that are spoken over our children, over our family, those kind of things. How do we teach our kids to hear God's voice? That was instrumental for me. Once mm -hmm. I knew what God's voice was, I knew what wasn't his voice. That's so same great. with our kids. If our kids can recognize it, then they know what's yeah. not his voice. So this is all in the book. Yep. Talk to me. Where where can they get the book? Where can they get the information about you or booking you even for speaking? Because definitely every <laughs> church or even like group needs to get Aww. you to speak. So how yeah. can they connect so with you? So you can you? go to leannecabral.com. Um, the book should be available at the beginning of October. Okay. You can get on Amazon. Yeah. 
anywhere like that. Easy. Yeah, on the website. But yeah, leanncarell.com. Get a hold of me there. We have one minute left. Just okay. quickly say this. What would be your encouragement to a parent right now who's really struggling with how do I do this well? What would you just say to them? You know what? It's a hard job. It's a hard job, and we are all doing our best. And you know what? Like, God has mercy for you, just like you have mercy for your children. Yeah. It's never too late to do something new or to do something different, mm-hmm. right? But don't be stuck in feeling overwhelmed or in feeling like this is too big. Like, you can absolutely do it. This book breaks it down for you into bite-sized pieces. Yeah. You'll be doing it all before you know it. Oh, yeah. that's so great. Leanne, what a pleasure. I mean, it is the information you have, your thoughtfulness, just even just the way you kindly speak. It's not mm-hmm. like judgmental or like you're not doing it right, but it's like, you know, we all have opportunity to learn. Yeah. We're not perfect, but here's some ways that we can, you know, we can help our kids. Because I think for a lot of us, we want to see our kids flourish and thrive and, and love Jesus. And yeah. and as a parent, you realize, you know, we're not perfect, but I'm, thank God he is. Right. <laughs> and he's there to pursue us. Great yeah. reminder. So thanks for being on the show. Oh, thanks for having me. All right. Thanks for listening to Your Story with Melinda, an exclusive presentation of faithstrongtoday.com. Listen to past episodes by subscribing to our podcast on iTunes and join the conversation with Faith Strong Today on Facebook.